Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter. We are co-hosts because we co-host the show. I do something. He does something. He does a lot more important stuff than I do. I'm just here. <laughs> That's guy. not true. I'm just the guy who <laughs> brings us in and keeps us on time and keeps all these knuckleheads in line. Yeah, that's what we are. Yeah. We can be knuckleheads at and, times. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. If you're joining us on purpose or accidentally, we are a show for men by men talking about stuff from a guy's perspective. Now, we're not, we've got a lot of lady listeners and that's great. We love anybody to listen, but we, our primary audience is guys and guys will talk about sports. They'll talk about politics, but do they talk about some of the more, not some of, the more important things in life. Uh, it's always good to play, and it's always good to talk about current events, but we need to talk about what's going on about the person in the mirror, uh, inside and out, and we talk about a variety of topics in our show. we love you to listen to all of our past shows, or some of them. We've got about almost four years coming on of shows and um, episodes that talk about business, that talk about being a husband, being a father, and everything in between. So thank you for listening. And um, so today we're talking about a topic that is, um, it seems to be it's on two different extremes of, of the spectrum. But today we're going to talk about something that is, if you start asking people about leadership, they're okay with hearing about leadership, about leading leadership from an organization. You think about CEOs, you think about coaches, you think about all types of different military leaders. But I think about a few years ago when I was journaling and I wrote this down in a, in a time of, of quietness, I wrote down, love God, love others, hate self. And I looked at that on the paper and I thought, that's not right, but that's what's going on in my head. That's what I've been, I was unconsciously or maybe even consciously told that's the proper way to see the world. Love God, love others, but hate yourself. And I realized that's not true. The Bible talks about denying self, but it doesn't talk about hating yourself. And then I thought, okay, how do I lead myself? How do I go about not hating myself, but not being in love with myself? And in between is kind of mushy. I just didn't know what that meant to lead myself. Leading other people was okay. But leading myself was not on the on the scale. We're here to help you today. Good, because we need some. <laughs> I need as much help as possible. So today we've got uh, a friend of the show who we've loved to have on the show before, and we are very happy today to talk about how do we lead ourselves. So it is absolutely a delight to have Dan Webster back. Dan, welcome back to the show, brother. Thank you, Kurt. Good to be here. It really is good. Thirty-two and degrees outside. Glad it, to be here. <laughs> hey, well, you know what. It's colder up in Michigan where you live, brother. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I but should you, be grateful in but, all things. But, you, but you've, you've just come where it's been warmer. You're right. I've been down in Miami and Atlanta and Orlando. And and, yeah. and, and, and actually, you were, were, was it Guatemala? Guatemala. Antigua, Guatemala. And you were, you were leading a, uh, a, a, a workshop with a bunch of uh, athletes. Is that right? Uh, guys who were in ministry with athletes? Well, there's an organization I have a close relationship with. It's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And over the last few years, they've expanded internationally. And so they invite, for the last three years, they do an international capacity conference. They've built uh, relationships with lots of different sports ministry leaders around the globe. So 110 plus leaders from 40 plus countries who are uh, sports ministry leaders gathered together in Antigua. And I had the privilege of talking with them four times about what is called the leader's journey. And we talked about lead self, lead others, lead team, lead organization. 
And we're going to focus today on some of the things we talked about around lead cell. Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah. And, and specifically leading ourselves. Because I, I, I remember what D.L. Moody said years ago. He said, the most difficult person I've ever led in my life is me. Yeah, there's no, no question about that. I know for me, uh, that's, you know, D.L. Moody, it is the number one challenge for me. Uh, it, my biggest challenge as a man is not to be a great husband to my wife of 44 years, a good dad to my sons. It's not to lead my ministry well. The number one challenge in my life is to figure out what does it take to manage myself, and then once I figure that out, then how do I do that consistently? Mm. And uh, and I was really captured by the importance of this because for 20 years I did I did ministry, and built two large successful ministries. And then at the end of 20 years, I lost my enthusiasm for ministry. I didn't hate God. I didn't hate the people I was called to lead. But something was happening inside of me when I turned 40, and I could either ignore that or I could become curious about that and figure out what are the things that are contributing to what I'm feeling inside. Because most of the time we're just taught to muscle up or to take a new job or to do whatever. But I read an article um, at that time that was written by a man named D. Hawk, who was the founder of Visa and Visa International, which is a pretty big organization. And this article caused me to stop and to really think. And he says in this, this is one of the greatest quotes on self-leadership I've ever heard. He says, the first and paramount responsibility of anyone who purports to manage or lead is to manage yourself. And he says that involves one in, one's integrity, character, ethics, knowledge, wisdom, temperament, words, and acts. It is a complex, unending, incredibly difficult, off-shunned task. Now think about this. This is a guy who runs Visa and Visa International, and he's saying that self-leadership is a complex, unending, incredibly difficult, <laughs> off-shunned task. And he says, we spend little time and rarely excel at management of self precisely because it is so much more difficult than prescribing and controlling the behavior of others, which is pretty funny. However, without management of self, he says, no one is fit for authority no matter how much of it they acquire, for the more authority they acquire, the more dangerous they become. It is the management of self, he says, that should occupy 50% of our time. When I read that, management of self should spend, you should spend 50% of your energy managing yourself, uh, and he says it should take the best of our ability, and when we do that, he says, the ethical, moral, and spiritual elements of management of self are inescapable. And so I thought about that, and I realized, you know what, there are there are two things I can never delegate to anybody else. Mm -hmm. I cannot delegate the responsibility to keep my arms around myself, which is self-management, and I cannot delegate, and we think more about this, the responsibility of what it is to keep my arms around whatever work I'm called to do, whether I lead a business, whether I lay bricks, whether I'm a cardiac surgeon, whether I'm a pastor. I cannot expect my wife to take responsibility for leading either one of those things. Mm. And so for me, being in that place of kind of confusion, to, to begin to learn what it is, just not how to lead kind of the work, but to lead myself, that was very transformational, but it was, it was challenging, there's no doubt. What, when, when you read that, I, I mean, I, I'm sure your mind was just racing with, okay, how do I lead myself? How do I manage this, my person? Yeah. Because it's, I, I mean, I, I'm, I, as you're reading that, I'm like going, yeah, but I'd like to lead others. It's so much easier. <laughs> it is. 
Yeah, I like to tell people what to do. <laughs> but the but I I was smart enough to know, and I had pretty decent intuition to know that. Listen, I I bring me into every decision, into every relationship, into every temptation. And I knew that what's going on inside of me affects the kind of leadership that I bring in any given moment. And I knew that things inside of me were kind of upside down and I was trying to figure out, you know, where had I got off pace? Or, and then I, then I started thinking, okay, uh, what is true of leaders in general? Is there a pattern in leadership? If I was going to look at uh, people in scripture who have done a good job with self-leadership and a poor job with self-leadership, is there someone, is there a character out there in scripture that might be able to teach me the core principles of what it is to lead self? And believe it or not, I came, I stumbled upon a guy. You, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so tell me, uh, back up a little bit, because you've written about really looking at 400 plus leaders in the Bible? Well, I haven't written, I, I've studied. There are over 400 leaders in the Bible and only about 80 of them finish well. And so that tells me that there are a lot of things that can sidetrack and sink a person over time to prevent them from not getting to the finish line, you know, with a joyful, with, with a full heart and with relationships that are, you know, critical and close and with a sense that, you know, or how Jesus prayed in John 17 when he said, I've accomplished the work that you've given me to do. Mm. You know, we all want to get to that point, and yet it's it's not an easy thing to do. There are a lot of little stumbles along the way, and most of the time we learn from the mistakes that we make. Grace is a beautiful thing. Grace is an awesome thing. So, uh, so in the next segments, we're going to unpack how do we lead ourselves. I think that from Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, there is a guy named Uzziah that has three core principles on how we can lead ourselves. And as we unpack that, um, hopefully we as men, we can, we can finish well. Yeah. At, the, at the end of our day, we, we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, but it's not just about finishing well. It is about <clears throat> being today who I should be. It's about, you know, I look at my wife outside this window and I know that when I don't lead myself well, she gets negatively affected. My sons get negatively affected. My body gets negatively affected. My relationships get upside down. And so that's, that's the challenge is that leading yourself well increases the probability that we will finish well. Doesn't guarantee it, but it sure increases the probability. Because if I lead myself well today, I just might do it again tomorrow and the next day and five years from now. Yeah, because there is no, there is no as the biblical examples, only 80 of the 400 yeah. plus yeah. really finish well. And how do, we, how do we day in and day out pursue the Lord and seek Him? That's good stuff. So uh, you've got to be a little bit curious about what this Uzziah dude, what he did. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, in the next three segments, we're going to unpack what he, uh, the three things, the three C's, as Dan talks about. And we're going to talk about that in the next three segments. So if you can't join us, listen to Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, go to Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear these shows in their entirety. After we uh, tape this show and, and air it on the weekend, you can listen to it as a podcast. So we're going to take a break, be back with Dan Webster talking about the three C's of leading yourself here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That is still Kurt Souter. We're here with Dan Webster, and we are talking today about leading 
yourself. And one way to not lead yourself well is if you can't see. If you can't see, you can't lead yourself well, physically and otherwise. So <laughs> nice. you need to go to LNN Credit Union and Vision First Eye Care. Vision First Eye Care takes care of my eyesight. I have contacts in my eyes right now. And I can see because of Vision First, we thank Rod Rollo and his crew. They've got multiple locations all across the area here in the Kentuckiana area, and uh, we thank them very much. And also Ellen and Credit Union. They have been a sponsor of our show from day one. They are a local lender, and we are so thankful for them being able to sponsor us in the show, but also help pour into the community if you have any kind of banking needs, whether it's home loan, commercial loan, credit cards, you name it. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of your needs in regards to finances. So, Dan, who would think that you could go to the Old Testament in Second Chronicles and find out about how to lead yourself? But we're going to find out about this 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 king. He becomes king at 16 years of old. He doesn't know jack squat, does he? <laughs> well, at 16, the famous line is, "What do you know? Nothing and everything." Right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So here's here's a kid uh, whose dad is killed in a conspiracy at the end of chapter 25, and at age 16. I mean, think about that. He doesn't even have the opportunity to get his camel's driver's license, and he is shoved into a position of authority to lead his nation. And it's fascinating because when you read this chapter, it, it falls into three different sections, and each section offers an insight on how we can lead ourselves. Mm. And the first uh, part of the chapter uh, begins with uh, Uzziah talks about him becoming uh, king when he's 16. And then it says that he did right in the sight of the Lord, and he uh, served God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him of God. And then this great line, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God prospered him. God gave him success. Mm. And so the first principle of self-leadership is learning what it is to stay close, to stay close to God. How, does we, how do we manage ourselves in such a way to maintain a sense of intimacy with God because everything flows from that point. One of the core principles of authentic leadership is we bring us. You bring mm -hmm. yourself into every relationship, into every opportunity, into every temptation, and what's rolling around inside of you, that sense, that awareness of God's presence in your life, that, that experience of God's help that comes to those who seek God daily, mm. um, that is a part of self-leadership. And it's easy to stray from that. But you know, when you look at, when you study great leaders, you find out that they, somewhere along the line, have learned the importance of slowing down and having quiet in their life. One of the things, there's a lot of very interesting things about Jack Welsh when he led GE. One of the things that I read about him was that every single day, and I have a great picture of Jack at his desk, you know, and you look out the window and he's, he's in some big building somewhere, and uh, he devoted an hour a day to what he called his window time where he would lock the door, he would tell his administrative assistant, no one bothers me, and all he would do was look out the window for an hour. You think of all of the different issues, decisions, people that he had to manage, and yet he valued an hour a day where he slowed it down. Yeah. A buddy uh, just recently told me about Warren Bennis, who's worth over, what, $80 billion? Um, and there was a, a friend of his who interviewed Warren Bennis had a 15-minute interview. And so this guy interviews Warren and notices that his daily planner is laying on the desk. And he asked, you know, Mr. Bennis, could I look at your daily planner? 
And he said, sure, take a look at it. So he, he looks at today, and it has 15 minutes blocked out for the interview. And then right beneath it, it just says, think, in big letters. And he flipped the next page, and the next two pages, all it put on, all that was on the page was think, think. Mm-hmm. Juliet Funt, Alan Funt's daughter, you know, from Candid Camera, she's sweeping the country right now with this concept of, uh, of white space mm. and how important it is for you to slow down because you get surprised in white space moments. Now, all of those people are, you know, kind of secular illustrations, but you study the life of Christ. And he loved the activity of being with people and healing people and teaching people and challenging people. But there was a rhythm in his life, if you study the New Testament, that he's constantly withdrawing and slowing down and praying. And uh, he could have easily, you know, I mean, he was the son of God. He had all the resources of heaven available to him. And yet he valued what it was to figure out how in the rhythm of my life do I slow down and do I stay close? Because the Lord's number one passion was not the kingdom of God. It wasn't truth. It wasn't lost people. His number one passion was his intimacy with the Father. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't violate that. No matter all the expectations of people, um, he would not violate that. Dan, you said uh, in the break that so many times, uh, especially entrepreneur leaders, but just le- leaders in general, coaches and teachers, and you know, that we, we love the activity, we love the action. We, and, and what can happen is that that can continue to grow, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But if we are not spending time in quiet, in, in what Vance Habner said, we, we must come apart yeah. before we come apart. Yeah, that's a great line. That's good. Um, sure. we, we, have to, we, we have to have this piece of our lives that continues to grow and deepen in the, in the, in the quietness, in, yeah. in, the, yeah. in this time of reflection. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, oftentimes when I teach leadership principles, I, I suggest that uh, every leader needs a the triangle offense, which was popularized. It was created by Tex Winters, who was Phil Jackson's assistant coach for both the Lakers and the Bulls, and it won 10 uh, world championships. And uh, it's kind of built on the Zen concept of the pyramid of the triangle. You know, three guys have different moves. And it, that principle in sports is used in hockey and in soccer. But for, the tri- for a triangle offense for a leader, one corner is action. And we love being in the action corner, especially A-type leaders. They love getting people out of the grandstands, building things, initiatives, all that kind of stuff. And then there is the play corner where we kind of get aside from the activities and we do something that recreates us. And you can get bitter and resentful if you don't ever play. And then there is the quiet corner. And so if a leader's life only is action, they get themselves in trouble. They experience power stress and sickness. And a lot of A-type leaders, they don't think about quiet until they're laying in the hospital on their back looking at the ceiling after their first heart attack. And then they make adjustments because there's a lot of juice in the, in the action corner. Um, but I think the quiet corner is incredibly important because it's in the quiet. It's when we slow down that we have that opportunity to keep our arms around ourselves, and we think about what's going on in our life. Where am I bumping into life? We, we try to listen to our relationships and to what God's trying to say to us. And I think a very important thing, which we'll talk about in the third segment, is this sense of um, being aware emotionally what's going on in my life. A lot of leaders live with you know anger and resentment and frustration and anxiety kind of beneath the surface. And they never slow down, or they, they can't rally the courage, or they don't think that the, there's value in trying to determine, why am I 
you know, why did I behave like that in this last staff meeting? Why did, why did I encounter my spouse, my wife, like, why, what happened there? And I think that uh, there's something to say about um, that, too, that can happen in the quiet corner as we have the courage to become curious about what's going on in our lives, to make adjustments and to develop. And, and, and you say, I think it's you say, Hugh, when we, when we struggle to be quiet, there, there's certain things that we cannot learn apart from quiet. Yeah, I, what I say is that there are transformations that happen in the heart of a man when he slows down that don't happen in the action corner or in the play corner. There are things that God does within us as we slow down, as we look at Scripture, as we reflect, as we get silent and listen to what's going on inside of us. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think that there are, there are critical transformations. Dan, you talk about the, your own personal quiet and how you make this a pleasurable <laughs> yeah, experience. Take a couple yeah, minutes, just real quickly, yeah. to, to describe to our listeners. Sure. Well, you know, oftentimes when you say to a man, hey, how's your quiet time going? They roll their eyes and go, oh, man, you're killing me. But I have found out over the years, uh, I have pretty regular established disciplines of quiet, of slowing down. And I have done everything I can to increase the pleasure of that time so that I'm drawn to it. So I know this is going to sound silly, and guys, you're going to, some of you guys are going to roll your eyes right now, so that's okay. whatever, dude. That's okay. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. like at least right. part of this. So I get up pretty much in the morning, and I, I have, in my living room, I have a comfortable chair that is by a large picture window, and I get up and I make pour-over coffee. You know, I make myself a really nice coffee and put some chocolate MCT oil in it, so it's awesome. And then I carry that into my I, chair. That's, my, that's yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the details, baby. <laughs> and then I sit down, and I have, I have a little portable desk that I put on, on my lap, and I have a journal that I really like the format of it because half of the pages are lines and half of the page is blank, so it works out perfect for journaling. And I use multicolored pens depending on what I'm doing in my journal. Like the very first thing I sit down and I put a little Y in the upper left-hand corner and that represents yesterday and I bullet all the different things that happened yesterday just to remember that I was alive yesterday. The second thing I do is then I do a scripture reading and I Maybe, you know, I pretty much will read a chapter a day and a couple verses will jump out and I'll actually write the text out on the left-hand side and then I write, that's, that's in blue ink and then my thoughts are in red ink on the right and then I get down and there are times where I have supplications, another color, things I'm thankful for is another color. I know it sounds wacky, but there's a woman named uh, Ingrid Lee who's written a book this last year called Joyful and there, it's 10 ways that you can bring greater joy into your life no matter where you are, when you are. Mm. And so I've done... I've done lots of things intuitively over the years to increase the pleasure of that time, of those moments. And I, I really look for, I can't wait. I've been on the road for five weeks and my wife and I get home tonight and tomorrow morning, I'm already thinking about that chair mm. and the coffee I'm gonna make, you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. And, and I can't wait to look outside because there's still snow on the ground where I live. It's gonna be, yeah, I look forward to it. And to, so to do it, to, I don't know what it takes, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, I don't know what it takes for you. I don't know if that's a walk, I don't know if that's a chair, I don't know if that's a, a corner table at Starbucks, but fi- figuring out how to slow down, how to stay close to God, man. And have that, have that quiet. That's, that's critical. That's good stuff. So we're gonna take a break and come back and hear the next two C's about the first one was close to God. And we just heard Dan's way he keeps close to God and it can be 
it's every individual is going to be different. So we're going to take a break, come back in the next couple segments and talk about what it means to lead yourself here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, our third segment. If this is your first segment, then you missed two. You can do that math, right? So uh, if you want to hear the first two segments in their entirety, we've been talking to Dan Webster about how to lead yourself. And we're talking about the three C's of leadership and of leading yourself. If you want to hear those first two segments, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or you can go to our Facebook page or go to Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio. And all of our shows are posted uh, in their entirety, commercial-free, thanks to great sponsors like Frank Enterprises. Our first segment was staying close to God. And uh, if your septic tank, septic system is not working properly, uh, you're going to be close to the toilet. And that's not a good thing. So you need to go call Frank Enterprises. That was a bad segue. Some are good. Some are better than others. That was not that great. Bear with me, all right? Your life's going to get smelly. Thank you very much. There you go. So Frank Enterprises, if you got water going where it's not supposed to go, uh, Frank Enterprises is the folks that take care of that. We're very thankful for them to sponsor our show. And also Bright Star Home Care. They help people in very difficult seasons of life, challenging seasons where they have to take care of a loved one, whether that is for one day a week or whether that is for 24-7. Bright Star Home Care help people walk through that. They walk through that with you in that very difficult and challenging time. And also we want to uh, bring up the ChristianAdvantage.com. They're having their fourth annual business and ministry seminar uh, on March the 26th, so go to ChristianAdvantage.com for more information on that. So, Dan, uh, it, you know, we as followers of Jesus, you know, and, and, and if we're going to lead ourselves, we have to stay close, but that's not enough. Well, that's part of self-leadership. It, part of self-leadership is to manage my own heart so that I stay close to God, so that I am in His presence enough so that the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to kind of turn over the soil of my heart to be able to plant seeds that grow into the person that God wants me to be. I think that's a very critical part of self-leadership, but that's just one aspect of self-leadership. Yeah, King Uzziah, yep. Second uh, Chronicles yeah. chapter 26, yep. Yep. shows us another key right. element, yeah. and what, what is that? Yeah, well, in, in the beginning, he crushes the stay close. You know, he had Zechariah, who was a prophet that was a mentor, as long as he sought the Lord God prospered him. And then we turn to verse 6 through verse 15, and there is a chronicling of all the different things that this kid did. Uh, let me just highlight a few of these. Verse 6 says that Uzziah declared war on the Philistines. So there was a sense of, uh, uh, there was a security element. He knew that he had to go to battle uh, about certain things. And then he breaks down the walls of Gath, and then he built towers in Ashdod. And then uh, scripture in verse 7 says that God helped him. In verse 9, it says that he built towers in Jerusalem in the corner gate. And then the next verse says that he constructed forts and he dug many water cisterns because the people needed water. And then he kept great herds of livestock because the nation needed to be fed. And then verse 11 says that he had an army of well-trained warriors. Uh, and then verse 13 says that there was an elite army. And then in verse 15, it tells us that he built structures on the walls of Jerusalem designed by experts and all sorts of creative engines of war to protect the city. And the very last uh, phrase of uh, uh, verse number 15 says, and the Lord gave him marvelous help, and he became very powerful. And mm -hmm. so the second principle of self-leadership is not just how do we stay close, but it's how do we stay clear? 
Because the second thing we cannot delegate to anyone is to try to be able to discern daily, what is the next right thing for me to do to move my work that God has assigned to me? You know, whatever vocation we've been called to, we're responsible to develop ourselves and to, and to have our talent touch the planet in a meaningful way to honor God. And so here's this king, and it's fascinating to me, and I don't know exactly what process he used to stay clear. We, know, we have a sense that the process he used to stay close was that he downshifted his life, he hit the quiet corner, he sought the Lord, he prayed, he organized his life before God. But the stay clear thing, what we do know is in the chapter, he had this, uh, this intuition, this ability to do the next right thing to build the nation, and he receives the help of God. So how in, what do you do? Uh, if you lead a company or if, you know, whatever vocation you're in, what is the process that you use to stay clear? Now, mm-hmm. we know that Uzziah had a dad who was a king, and so he had an example. He had, a, you know, his father. Even though his father was killed, he still grew up. He was, you know, 13, 14, 15. He's watching his dad lead the nation, so he has some sense of what's going on there. Uh, we know that he had Zechariah. He had a spiritual mentor that he could sit down with and process. And Zechariah may have said, you know, you got three things you could do this month. You're thinking about going to war. You're thinking about building this. You're thinking about this. My counsel would be probably think about doing this. You know, we know that. And then we also know that he received the help of God as he slowed down. Somehow God communicated to his spirit, you know, what was the next right thing to do. Yeah, what, what activities needed to take place. Yeah, yeah. and so how do, what process do people use? And my process is I use a whiteboard. I have a double-wide flip chart in my living room. And uh, one of the organizations I do a lot of work with, in, they have what they call their war room. And you go inside, and all four walls are all whiteboard, the whole thing. Everything's whiteboard. And so what I have found uh, for me that helps me stay clear is, and there's kind of a combination of being before God, but if you were to look at at, uh, my whiteboard now, and whether you take out, you know, a double wide piece of paper and you write, you know, kind of the future and you have all sorts of tentacles on it, but there's some way that you need to get your arms around stuff. Mm -hmm. And my whiteboard, if you were to look at it now, Excuse me. It says at the top the leader's journey because I just got back from being with FCA, and there's four columns on it: lead self, lead others. Excuse me, lead team, lead organization, and there's all sorts of brain dump underneath there. One of the things that I learned from one of my mentors is that before you make a major decision, you have to do the work of getting in perspective. And he was a uh, this man was a. Uh, uh, an ambassador to China during the Reagan administration. And he came back and he said, I was fascinated by how Asians tend to make better decisions than we in the States, because we in the States tend to be very linear, A, B, C, D. He said, what Asians, what I learned that Asians do is they take a problem and they stand it on its end. So like you have a pencil pointing towards a ceiling. And he said, what, what they will do is they will circle the issue and they'll look at it from different orientations. And as they do, they'll look at it from one orientation and they actually go up a click like 45 degrees and then they circle it again. And as they do, they spiral upward around the issue until now they're looking at it from the top and they have perspective. Mm. And uh, J.J. Brazil, a Pearl Prize winning uh, novelist says that perspective increases your decision-making IQ 50 points. In any strategic planning process that anyone's ever been through, A-type leaders have the most difficult time on the front end of a strategic planning process because it is all about gaining perspective. 
It's, it's a slow process where you look around it. And so uh, I think part of staying clear is to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I get in perspective concerning the work that I have to do? How do I identify the issues, the possible alternative movements ahead? How do I slow down? And then how do I make the next sequential right decision? I think part of self-leadership mm. is developing the skill and the competency to be able to do that and to figure out what strategy works specifically for you. For me, it's the double wide flip chart that I, you know, I brain dump on. Sometimes <clears throat> if I'm not there, I'll take a couple pages of my journal and I'll open it up so it's actually like 11 and a half by 17. And I'll begin to work on some of the things that I, I have to make some decisions. I got to think about what the next right thing is to do. But the core principle is that Uzziah knew what the next right thing is to do, and he was he was able to take his nation kind of from here upward to there, and he made the right decisions along the way to get his nation to a place of security. What What do you think? I mean, just kind of uh, the, the, the scripture is not real clear on exactly what he did to get that mm-hmm. clarity in your in your gut. What do you think that Uzziah, King Uzziah did? Well, I, I think my sense is that he he uh, in the rhythm of his life, I think he probably listened to his counsel. I think he probably thought about his dad's example. I think he, before God, would ponder. I think some of the, ex- we didn't even mention all the external circumstances. If the, if the Philistines are on your border and they want to kill your children, okay, that's a pretty easy thing. What are we doing today? We're going to go get them. We're going to go, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going to push back there. If your people are crying out and they don't have clean water or they don't have food, well, then as a leader, you've got to figure out what system, how do we do that? How do we solve that problem? So there are presenting issues in everybody's life. And sometimes are they the things that we go after right now? Or are they things that we need to put in order in order to get there? I mean, this is just the constant rhythm, the complexity of leadership, if you're a leader, to know what is the next right thing to do. But the principle is we have to, we have to come up with some methodology where we keep our arms around stuff. And senior leaders, they have. They, they've, somewhere along the line, either someone's put their arm around them or helped them think about this, you know, uh, and they've been able to, to get there. So, and, and, and I think we can't forget um, that first principle of staying close, because if you are staying close, God somehow, um, you know, man makes his plans, but the Lord directs his yeah. steps. And when we draw near to him, he draws near to us, and he guides us for greater clarity. No doubt. No doubt. And, and this kid had that pattern in his life. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good stuff. <clears throat> so we're going to take a break and come back. And so the first segment we talked about, or second segment, we talked about staying close to God. This, this past segment, if you're just joining us, we were talking about staying clear, having clarity, clear vision of what, where you're going and, and what's going on. And then in the next and last segment, we're going to talk about the, the third C about how to lead yourself. And you may be listening to this and thinking, well, I'm supposed to deny myself. Well, you're supposed to put God on top, others ahead of you and you. It's not hating yourself to the point of neglecting yourself. It's denying yourself. And there's a difference between denying self and neglecting self. And we're talking today about how we can lead ourselves so we can lead other people well. And I guarantee if you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, but I work on an assembly line or I'm I'm just a housewife. I don't lead a company. You're leading somebody in your life. You're leading your kids. You're leading your spouse. You're leading your neighbors. You're leading friends. And either you're leading them well or you're not leading them well. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the truth. There's no <laughs> vacuum in leadership. So we're going to take a break, come back in the next and fourth and final segment and talk about the third C of leading yourself with Dan Webster here on Solid Steps Radio. Hello and welcome back to our fourth segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you missed the first three segments, you missed a lot. You need to go back to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Facebook and just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can hear all of our shows podcast commercial free. Thanks to our great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you need to get your finances in order and you don't even know what order they're in or you're saying, hey, where do I want to be in 10 years, 20 years in regards to my retirement, Dan Hart Financial can sit down with you and get a plan together and get you on the right path. Also, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center, they come in, and if you need to send your kids somewhere this summer <laughs> to get them out of the house, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center has uh, retreats for children, also has great place to take your corporate, uh, your team building, great place to go to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, Country Lake Christian Retreat Center. And also, again, we want to thank the... Uh, uh, ChristianAdvantage.com, uh, their fourth annual business and ministry uh, event is on March the 26th, depending on when you hear this. If it's on a uh, on a podcast, you may have already missed that, but ChristianAdvantage.com to go get more information about who's speaking and their fourth annual business and ministry conference. So Dan, we talked about how do we lead ourselves, and, you, and you, you, you've broken it down from King Uzziah's life, 2 Chronicles chapter 26, we need to stay close. We gotta stay close to God, we gotta stay clear, have clarity in what are the next steps that God's take, asking me to take um, in, the, in, the, in our area of work and life. Right. And then the last one is... Oh, this is a good one. This is a, this is this a, is a toughie, man, because here's a kid who started unbelievably well, and we find out that he was marvelously helped until he became strong, and then his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly before the Lord is God. 52 years of mm-hmm. leadership, and somewhere along the way, something got upside down inside of him. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to stay clean, both, I think, spiritually and emotionally. I think as leaders, uh, both of those issues in a leader's heart, in the complexity and the mystery of what it is to be human and to live on this planet, to stay attentive to, okay, what does it look like for me to stay spiritually clean? And I believe that, you know, as followers of Christ, the Lord has, through the cross, cleansed us completely, positionally. But, and so when we're in a right place, when we're kind of theoretically up on the altar and we're letting God see through us and we're not hiding anything and we're confessing, we're clean before him because of what Christ has done. But it's easy to walk away from that kind of innocence before God one step at a time. And as leaders, as people, as a, when a man walks away, when he sins, either uh, you know in action, word, or deed, or something like that, uh, we walk away from innocence, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Our conscience alerts us to it. Sometimes our spouse thumps us on the head, sometimes a well-meaning friend. And in that moment, we have a decision, am I going to live my life spiritually clean, or am I going to enter uh, kind of the pathway towards deception and darkness and hiding? Because in that moment, God wants us to apply what I call sin management method A. Mm -hmm. And sin management method A is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so in essence, in that moment, if 
when we recognize I've sinned and I, I feel convicted about that, if we crawl back up on the altar and we confess it, then we get cleansed again. Mm. And that's what it is. Now, we can, we can uh, ignore the conviction, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, we can walk away from innocence. And just about every leader that I've worked with who's gotten upside down, you find out there was a long pattern of where they looked good on the surface, but in their hearts they had walked away from innocence. They had, they had lost that kind of daily, regular discipline of bowing their head before God, recognizing I am a sinner, and just not once to receive Christ's forgiveness, but kind of developing that habitual pattern of jumping back up on the altar and letting God one more time, not hiding anything from Him and confessing those things and asking God to cleanse them. And if we don't do that, then we apply sin management method B, which is every other sin management other than A. Because before God, only confession works before a holy God. Only mm-hmm. trusting in the you know, blood of Christ cleanses us from our wrongs and our sins. And so to establish regular, to, to pay attention to the conviction of the Spirit, to, uh, to not lie to ourselves, to speak truth to ourselves, to sometimes play out in our own mind uh, what it looks like, for if, if, this, if this sin that I'm participating in, if I lived into this and if this thing totally engulfed my life, what would the newspaper article read like? Because this last year we've read some pretty painful newspaper articles about brothers who have uh, served the Lord for decades and they got upside down and that you find out that there were patterns of behavior that, they, that were pointed out to them and they didn't respond with humility to. So I think saying spiritual clean is incredibly powerful, but we find out that he's marvelously helped until he becomes strong, and then Uzziah goes into the temple to burn incense. So he's actually going in to worship God, which is kind of a, I mean, he, it's not like he's having an affair like David did. He's going into the temple to burn incense as a, as a gesture of worship, but it's not his responsibility in the law of God to burn incense. It's the priest. And so... Uh, Amaziah, the, the priest, goes in after him with 80 other guys and confronts the king. I, I've never confronted someone with 80 other people, which tells you, you know, kind of where the king's heart was. He, he needed reinforcements. Well, man, I mean, that, that's just unbelievable. And he says, you know, you've been unfaithful, Uzziah. It's not your job. It's the priest's job. And the next phrase of Scripture says that Uzziah was enraged. And you get the feeling he's going to hit the priest with the incense burner. Now, was that like an incense burner on three strands that you'd see in the Greek Orthodox Church, or was it more like an Olympic torch? Both of them were used. And I like to think of the Olympic torch because it's more dramatic. (laughs) But you get the feeling he's going to hit this guy. So where did that rage come from? This, under the surface, this guy emotionally is angry. And, And the priest is going, I don't think the priest deserves getting hit by the incense burner. Somebody else does, or Uzziah is angry at himself, or he is angry about what leading the nation for 52 years has done to him, how he didn't have a life and how the responsibility to keep stepping up his leadership. Or maybe he's angry about the disrespect he's getting from the priest, because he could look at the priest and think, you chump, you know, 50, for five decades, I've been, you wouldn't even have a job if it wasn't for me. Okay, so I think that, that leaders, I think it, it is a, it's a, a burgeoning area of, uh, of leader awakening where leaders are recognizing I have to pay attention 
to how emotionally healthy I am. And Daniel Goleman and others have written about this concept about if I'm anxious, if I'm angry, if I'm scared, uh, if I'm fearful, and that rides beneath the surface in me, and I don't become curious as to what is the origin of that and get healed of that or get clear on what that is, then I'm going to splash over. And obviously, the priest here is getting splashed over. This, there's more going on here beneath the surface in this guy's life. And, to, and, to, uh, and so to, to stay clean is there's a spiritual element of staying clean where when we sin, we don't mess with that, we confess. I think there's an emotional element, too, of where uh, we pay attention to uh, how we are reacting in relationships. We pay attention to kind of under, underneath the surface, how am I feeling about my future? How am I feeling about me? How am I feeling about my relationships? How am I feeling about the company? And to develop strategies to, to learn what it is to be transparent with appropriate people about the things that we really feel. I think about a number of the calls we've had where we've talked both ways about, it hasn't really been about, am I sinning? It's been about what I'm feeling right now and how I'm engaging people and how I'm thinking about my future. And I think that is every bit as, as important as staying spiritually clean before God, staying emotionally clean and pursuing maturity and health. Just real quickly, uh, uh, because we're, we're, time is flying by, uh, you, you mentioned you know, the, the power of an, another brother. Yeah. You know, I think that's why James says, confess your sins to yeah. one another Absolutely. that you may yeah. be healed. Just comment on that real quickly, Dan. I think you should confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it, it, it takes trust. It takes time. It takes sharing a little bit of yourself to look at another brother and see how he responds. Almost always, when a brother comes clean, if the other guy is, lives in his own skin, he's going to say, dude, you too? You know, and there will be a fellowship there. There will yeah. be a diffusing. Yeah. Wow. Know, this Dan, this is good stuff. Stay close, stay clear, stay clean. We got to lead ourselves. But would you pray right now? Would you yeah, pray yeah. for us guys sure. that we would we would step up to the plate and lead ourselves yeah, well? You bet. Father, thank you for the grace that you give to us. Thank you for the mystery of what it is to uh, live on this planet, to be a human being, your creation. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to continue to mature us as leaders as we think about, and as men, as we think about what it is to lead ourselves. Uh, help us to uh, live in a way that would please you, that would honor you. And we give you our lives and our relationships and this day and pray that we would honor you in everything we do in Christ's name. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much for coming in. You bet. Dan, where can we reach or find more information for, about you and your ministry and your... DanWebster.com. Okay. Dan. That'll do it. Dan. It's a very tricky website. DanWebster.com. That's right, baby. So you've heard the three C's, and maybe you didn't hear them, and you need to hear them all over again. But if you need to go to SoundCloud, face, uh, Facebook, or iTunes, and you just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can listen to this show in its entirety. Thanks to our great sponsors, Ellen and Credit Union, Vision First, Frank Enterprises, Bright Star Home Care, Dan Hart, Financial, Country Lake, and ChristianAdvantage.com. So um, how well are you leading yourself? Uh, ask your wife and your kids. Because if how you're treating them it's probably the best litmus test. I know I sometimes think I'm doing really well, but then I'll look at my wife and I realize I'm not doing so hot <laughs> because she'll let me know in a very kind, <laughs> loving, gracious way. And uh, we've got to have uh, leading ourselves well because uh, Jesus says out of the overflow of the heart, 
speaks the mouth. So what's inside going on my heart is what I'm saying and what I'm doing, my hands. What I'm doing with my hands, what I'm doing with my body is what's a reflection of what's going on inside. So gentlemen, we need to lead ourselves well so we can lead other people well because where we're taking them, our families are going where we're going. Scary thoughts, or is that something that really excites you? So hopefully you'll lead yourself well a little bit better after listening to Dan today. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio.